Welcome to Education Perspectives. I am your host, Liza Holland. This is a podcast that explores the role of education in our society from a variety of lenses. Education needs to evolve to meet the needs of today and the future. Solving such huge issues requires understanding. Join me as we begin to explore the many perspectives of education. Ru Win was born in Vietnam and lived in Texas until 2018. She is currently a senior at Tates Creek High School going through the Opportunity Middle College program. She loves to write and is planning to major in business. She is the founder and executive producer of Possibility Productions and is currently an intern at the Fayette County Public Schools Office of Innovation. Her dream is to eventually write a screenplay that makes it to the screen. So True Win, welcome to Education Perspectives. So very glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. So first question is the same to every guest. Tell me from a very 30,000 foot view, why do you think that we as a society invest in education? I feel like education has taken us so far already. We're the type of like animals to just like do what works for us. And we've seen that education has worked for us. I mean, we invented the wheel that led to electricity, that led to where we are now. We just, we invest in it because we know it works. Makes sense to me. Absolutely. And I think an educated populace definitely adds to a a more rich society. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about your education journey. How, I know that you just moved here fairly recently. Tell me about your experience in education so far. So I was born in Vietnam until I was four years old and I didn't do any education there that I remember. I might have attended like one day of classes, but then I was taken to America in Amarillo, Texas, a small little city, and I pursued most of my education there in 2018. And I really loved it there. I feel like the education system there was very personal. It was very like everyone was very hands on. Maybe it's because I was there for elementary most of my life, but everything felt very welcoming there. And then I moved here in 2018 to attend seventh grade, which is kind of very awkward because it's like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and I just got thrown right in the middle. That's an awkward age to be dumped into (laughs) a big change. Another thing is that's when COVID started to like pick up. So it was like a change then another change. And then it was crazy for me. It was like, I would say the worst time of my life. It was insane. So you hadn't had a chance to really meet a lot of people and that sort of stuff before that big wrench got thrown into your education journey. Jeez. When I was back in Texas, I would describe myself as like, I didn't meet like a click, but I was kind of like able to mingle with everyone. And when I moved here, my educational journey turned more into like, I would be classified as a nerd because I mean, that's all they saw on the surface level. You know, they just saw me studying because like, I wasn't able to connect with anyone here because it was so sudden. And so for me, it became more like school was my only focus because that's the only thing that I wanted to focus on because there was no other options. So I really started to struggle a little bit with education, which is ironic because that's all I was focusing on. But I just started to lose motivation. I was like, what's the point of doing all this when there's so many other people with so many more resources than me? And so many connections and stuff that I don't have. Like, I could be good at this technically, 
but I'm not good at this like through in the real world. Well, that's a real challenge. So what pathway did you take to try to meet that? So towards the end of quarantine, quarantine was kind of like really good for me in some way. It allowed me to really explore who I was without like any external factors or I could just control my environment, you know? And because of that, towards the end of quarantine, there was someone who reached out to me, one of my friends that wasn't my friend at the time. They were just like, hey, we're all doing Zoom because class like went back into session in person. But I decided to stay over Zoom because I was so nervous and all that. And I decided to go on a whim. And I was like, you know what? It's now or never. Like here is a changing point. Like everything COVID is going away kind of. So I was like, I got to do this. So we met up. And because of that one step, I think that's really where like it put me where I am now. Just taking that one step. Isn't that exciting? And isn't it neat that you had one person who maybe didn't know you all that well, who made that outreach that could make all the difference because boy, you are a superstar now. (laughs) It's very flattering. (laughs) That's exciting. I know I've really enjoyed working with you. We work together at the County Public Schools Office of Innovation. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on here because I'm so impressed with what you're doing so far. Tell me a little bit about, before we leave this topic, I know that you're involved in Opportunity Middle College. What's that like for you? How Where are you spending your days? Are you happy with the program, et cetera, et cetera? So that Opportunity Middle College kind of like, I felt like it was kind of destined if I was going to make it very like cliche. But I was friends with a group of people who were talking about doing this program. And I was friends with another group of people who was going to do this program. And those happened to be the only two groups of people who were going to do the program in my entire school. Oh, wow. I didn't realize what they were talking about. So I joined it on a whim because why is both my friends groups talking about this? I joined it and it's like the best decision I've ever made. Because if I did not do that, again, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the time to be doing all this. I would still like be in classes right now. Yeah. So for those uh, who are not familiar with it, tell us a little bit about what Opportunity Middle College does for you. What opportunities does that open up and what are you doing with it now? So Opportunity Middle College is kind of like a dual credit program, but mostly I stay on campus. I'm basically a college student. I attend classes of college students. I have schedules that are based on me, classes that are based on me. I still have to do like high school requirement classes. But luckily, I joined very like in a very lucky year where they're able to pay off my associate's education too. Oh, fantastic. So when I graduate next year in 2024, I will have my high school diploma and my associates. So then I could just transfer straight to UK or any college that I pick. And then I would only have to pursue like two to three more years for my bachelor's. That's amazing. And what an incredible opportunity. Has it been difficult for you to transition? I know college life and college classes are very different than what you experience in high school, but how's that transition been for you? For me, I felt like it was easier in some way because in high school, it was more like, okay, you get assignments. If you finish the assignments, you have to wait, you know, Mm. you just really move on your own. You just got to. So most of my high school days were spent just doing assignments of other classes in different classes because I just wanted to get you know time moving. But now it's like when I'm there in a class, I am there for a reason. I have a goal. I have an objective and I have work outside that's actually challenging for me. 
because in high school, I've never had homework outside of class ever. So the transition at that part was like kind of hard. But overall, I really like the environment way more because I feel more in control. Nice. So that kind of leads us into our next question about how would you like to see school change? Do you think that high school ought to adopt a little bit of more of a program that gives students more options and control? Definitely. I feel like that's such a big motivator and why a student wants to go to school. Because most of the time, a student goes to school because they have to. The law makes them (laughs) you know and their parents make them and I just feel like we just need to really prioritize what the student wants and really make it to where all the time that they are spending in school is valuable to them because so many of my friends that are seniors now they don't understand why they have to go to school anymore they got the curriculum they are on their way to diploma and that's what school tells them that is the end goal a diploma and I don't think that should be the end goal even though like you know, a diploma is nice. I feel like the knowledge that they attain that will use in their future like endeavors should be the end goal. Absolutely. What do you think teachers could do or schools could do to kind of help to spread that message to these students that are not getting it? I think teachers and schools should just learn to accept more crazy ideas. You know what I mean? Like some out of the wind idea, like, you might be thinking, hey, this is just a high school student. Like, what do they know? They're just a big dreamer. But I mean, that's all it takes, really. Just a big dream, you know? And just for someone to support that and just uplift that is all that I like want teachers and like just educators to do, just to uplift those ideas to the point where it just creates motivation for those students to, even if they can't pursue those things in school, They can pursue it out of school and somehow bring it back into their educational lives. That is so smart. That is so incredibly smart. And finding that spark that really interests students. I think you are so right on track. And uh, it's kind of part of your long-term goal here, but you have a big dream of your own that you are making a reality. Tell us about Possibility Productions. Possibility Productions is literally my baby. (laughs) <laughs> at this point I spend so much time on it and I just want to see it grow and become something that I am proud of and as of right now it is growing and I'm going to be so honest I was losing motivation for the longest time probably in the like last month or so because all the things I've been doing have been behind the scenes and Foster Productions is like a media production company. You know, the goal is to publish. It's to show people. And all the things have just been me just doing documents, me just like texting, emailing, and it has been taking a toll on me. But recently, we've been increasing our members, actually going out and showing our face, putting a, like a face to the name and just giving people some insight into what we do, which is like showing success beyond the classroom and just showing opportunities beyond the classroom walls and how students are just missing out on these opportunities because they're only exposed to whatever they are exposed to already in the classroom. So I'm really excited about it and I have a lot of plans for it in the future. So if someone is listening and is interested or has a student that's interested or something like that, what do they need to do and what kinds of of things would they be doing if they came on board the team Possibility Productions? 
So it is very easy. I made it as easy as possible to join. Just to like make sure that everyone is able to join, you just have to go to the Instagram, Possibly Productions uh, 2023. And then you just click on the link, you apply. It's a Google Forms. It will literally take you under two minutes. And then we'll do a short interview with you just to make sure that this is what you want. It's more like to show you that this is what you want instead of you showing us why you're qualified, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that this possible productions becomes something that students who want to do so many things at once can just come together in possible productions and just do all those things. Because I didn't want to cap everyone's dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. If you want to explore like sustainability in Lexington, you can capture an event on that. If you want to do hip hop dancing, capture an event on that. If you like sports, just pitch it to a meeting and we'll try and make it happen for you. Basically. That is so cool. So it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who is, you know, wanting to do media production per se. They could come to you with an idea and help to kind of manage that project or something. And you can pair them with other folks that might be willing to cover their topic area. Yep. And even when they pitch an idea and do a subject that's not media, they're also helping other people like them because we'll make a video about it and then anyone can access that video. So, yeah. Oh, I think that's awesome. So if you close your eyes and think three years from now, because obviously you're in a big transition, what does possibility productions look like? I want to, this is, I'm, I'm such a dreamer, <laughs> but <laughs> I want branches and I want to become an alumni. If you know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Someone to take my spot. Like, I don't want to be like, okay, this is my special spot. No one's ever going to take it. I really want people to take my spot and just like feel like the passion that I have for this and just start their own thing. Like I even at my promotion at Eastside today, I was like, if you want to start something inside of Prospect Productions or just like co-work with Prospect Productions, I am open to it. Like, I just want people to feel the entrepreneurship in the spirit of that. You know, that is so neat. And it's it's kind of like an incubator then so that you can, you know, maybe have a bunch of spinoffs and all that kind of thing too. And I, th- I have to give you a, a head nod there too, because that is a great leadership trait to want somebody to be able to take your job. It really is to be able to to provide an environment where people can aspire without fear. That is just really, really cool. So tell us a story or a favorite memory about your time in school or about your time in developing this possibility productions. Okay. For school, this memory is not really related to FCPS, but like... That's okay. (laughs) Okay. It is school and it's learning. In Texas, I had this gym teacher uh, towards elementary. All of my elementary years, his name was Mr. Limley. And I feel like just being his student really like made me who I am. Because it's a gym class, mm-hmm. you know, so you expected all you're going to do is do a bunch of exercise and some stuff. But he was very weird in a way where he was very intrigued with like science and math and everything. And he was he blew my mind in second grade. I think it was younger than that. I don't really remember. But he told me there were negative numbers. And I was like, well, 
whoa, you're moving a little too fast there. <laughs> like, what do you mean there's negative numbers? But he basically would just give us so much more information than we were getting in our actual classes that it made me look forward to his class because he didn't make it all about, hey, let's just play dodgeball. Let's just do that. He valued both like health and like knowledge and all that. And for me, I was very shy as a kid. So when I saw that he valued that, and he wasn't all like, oh my God, if you're good at sports, then you're my favorite. Or like, he was like, I don't know how to say, it, but he really changed my perspective on how you can be both. You know, you don't have to be one or the other. Yeah. And that, you know, that is so neat because I, it, that really resonates with me as a story because I remember back in the day, uh, <laughs> but I had a, a metal shop teacher and I had never dealt with anything like that in the, you know, in my past, I just had never even been exposed to a lot of the work that we were doing. And he became one of the neatest, most interesting mentors about just real life and how to approach it and all that kind of stuff. And I just, he's one of my strongest memories as a teacher. And it it's really shows that you don't have to, you can find mentors and you can find people that can change your life in all different types of areas. And it doesn't even have to be a teacher. It could be a janitor in the school or something like that. But having someone that you can connect with has a lasting impression. And that's really neat. Yeah, it made me like feel like teachers were humans, if that sounds weird. Like usually. <laughs> no, it's not. That's awesome, especially at that young age. Yeah, because I just imagine they slept in their classrooms. <laughs> but like, <laughs> just adding some personality to it just made me feel like connected you know absolutely absolutely and it's neat that 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 relationship and it can help you get out of your shell I know you were saying you you felt like you were really really shy but it gave you an opportunity and maybe a an example to follow as far as being a little bit more bold that's a great story that is an absolutely great story you know, I talk to employers a lot and they talk about the need for lifelong learners, the need for people to be able to learn, unlearn and relearn. And so much of what you're saying here really supports that kind of ongoing inquiry and the importance of the knowledge, not just checking the boxes as far as, as school is concerned. That's so cool. So a lot of things really have aligned well for you. But tell me, as a student, what do you feel? And it doesn't have to be about you. It could be about friends, things that you hear about. What are the biggest challenges or obstacles that you face as a student? I feel like I have so many things going on. And it's, again, cliche to say, but I think most of our weaknesses as students is we're too ambitious. Even though nowadays... People might say that students are getting lazier, you know, technology and all that. But as a student, I see that most of the people around me and me, myself, we're too ambitious. We just want to get out in the real world. We just want to do things. We just want to achieve things. And because of that, sometimes we just get paralyzed because we don't know what to choose, when to choose, where to choose, because we've never had the chance to do all that before. We're mostly just like, you get a paper, you do it. So when we actually have the chance to choose something, we don't know how to attack it. So that's our biggest challenge. Like, when do we decide how do we do things and how do we decide it? If you know what I mean? Like, 
No, I know exactly what you mean. And in in fact, the effort that you and I are collaborating on with Fayette County Mm -hmm. specifically addresses that kind of issue. Yes. Because it's looking at process as opposed to the content. It looks at deeper learning and how to make critical discernments and how to be creative thinkers and how to have that choice at an early age so that you work through the pros, the cons, the unintended consequences, all of those types of things in a safe environment where you can be supported. So it actually makes me feel really good about the work that you and I are doing because that's the missing link that should help to address that particular obstacle and problem. Yeah. That is really cool. It also makes me feel like for me, there's always been two sides to me. Like I, my creative side where I want to do media and, and then my more like logical side where I go into business. And I just feel like it was so hard for me to pick one and now I'm doing both. So I just want everyone to have the choice that I had to just like say, screw it and pick both and just be you instead of being one or the other. I think that is just magical. And that's going to be one of my quotes of the podcast that uh, <laughs> that I post later on, True, because I think the kids are under a tremendous amount of pressure to pick something, pick one thing, and you just go for it. And my career is a perfect example. You can do lots of different things over time, and you can combine them, and you can make them interesting and You don't have to decide on just one and it's not for the rest of your life either. So that super pressure to decide and to know, I think it's misplaced. And why not go and explore different things? And you don't have to do one thing forever. You can do something now for the next year or two and try something else in the years following. I really love how you have managed to be able to really take a look at those two sides of yourself and find an opportunity in this entrepreneurial work with Possibility Productions because you are very much supporting other students in their journey that way. So that's exciting. That's exciting. And I love the way that you've, you know, you've you've kind of solved your own problems, but it's really relevant to all the other kids that are out there as well. Students, young people, shouldn't say kids anymore. Scholars. (laughs) Yes, there you go. Scholars. I love that. I love that. Okay. So good conversation. One of the things that I did in putting together education perspectives was to try to bridge this gap about what people don't know, especially decision makers. They don't often hear from students. They don't often hear all the different perspectives that are out there when they're making their decisions. From your perspective, what would you like decision makers to know? And it could be principals, it could be teachers, it could be legislators. What do you think are maybe challenges that students have that people should know about? I feel like so many decisions are based on a mass and it is rarely taken into account the individual. And because of that, so many things are overlooked. And even if they solve the issue of the mass, it's not really solved because everyone still has other issues that they hold dear to themselves. And I feel like decision makers should just, any change is good change. 
and they could just start small instead of attacking the mass and getting overwhelmed and then just feeling like all the efforts have been waste. Because even right now, I feel like this is a small change that we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like getting me as a student, just voicing out about this. It's small, but I feel like it will go really far. So, yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. And I feel the same way. That whole start small to be able to grow big is a really good way to get out of this paralyzed feeling about, okay, we're planning and we're thinking and this this is so massive. How are we going to change? And you just start. You just start one foot in front of the other and do things like you're doing with Possibility Productions and we're doing together with Deeper Learning. I think that's really insightful. Thank you. Absolutely. So is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you would like to bring up at this point? Not really. I feel like we covered most of it. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you again so very, very much for stepping out and doing this. And I really value you as a collaborator and look forward to watching you for years to come because I know you're going to do great things. Definitely. You've become like one of my inspirations. So I feel very honored to be on your show. And I really hope that you could be on the other end of this when we start our own podcast. Oh, I would love that. That would be so cool. We have a mutual admiration society going. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much for being on Education Perspectives, True. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Education Perspectives. Feel free to share your thoughts on our Facebook page. Let us know which education perspectives you would like to hear or share. Please subscribe and share with your friends. 